Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today, we are heading to New Orleans to chat with Seth Bush. Over the past 10 years, Seth has won multiple hats, soldier, government employee, and writer. He has published a book and penned numerous academic articles for the Army while studying political science and international relations. His latest work, The Home I Left, A Story of Love, Loss, and the Unexpected Paths That Led Us Home, is out now. So, my dear Seth, welcome to the RV. <laughs> Thank you, Lucy. I'm glad to be here. Yes, I'm super happy to have you here today, Seth. You know, when I asked you to describe yourself in three words... You mentioned dreamer, talker, and eccentric. And it's interesting that those are the same words I use to describe myself. So I'm curious, do you think being a dreamer is more of a help or a hindrance in life? Oh, wow. uh, I guess it depends on where you're at. It's not good to be a dreamer when you're in the army. It's not good to be a dreamer when you work for the government. But uh, things in life that make things a necessity, right? You need plumbers, you need electricians, you need uh, people who have skilled trades. Like that. That's what you need to have functioning society to have, but to live, to really live, you need dreamers, you need philosophers, you need poets, you need musicians. That's the nectar of life we have to get to, for sure. Yeah, it's totally. And personally, I always faced a bit of negativity from my peers when it comes to my yes. dreaming tendencies. Yes, absolutely. I I am so guilty throughout my life of being a daydreamer, of getting lost in my thoughts when I'm sitting with someone or if I'm in a meeting that's boring or and uh, people take it the wrong way every time. Am I not interesting? Why aren't you listening to me, right? I can't help it. My thoughts carry me away. I, I can feel you. Like, whenever... We were planning, for example, during school time, whenever we were planning activities in school, 
I would often hear comments like, ah, there goes Lucia, lost in her dreams again. Mm. But I think being a dreamer always helped me to take action. You know, it was not only about sitting and dreaming. Yeah, at the end of the day, most of my dreams came true. Well, I'm still working to see if mine come true, but I, I totally understand that. It's, it's, uh, I was never the kid that was outside playing football or playing catch. I was always in the library. The library was the place that I wanted to be. And uh, at a very young age, I took to reading and I took to stories. And growing up in the small town that I grew up in, there wasn't a whole lot going on. There wasn't a lot of activity. So my way to get away and to travel was uh, books and movies. And uh, obviously, you can't afford to, as a kid, you can't afford to go to the movies every day of the week. But you can go to a library where it's free. And that's where I started. I see that you love philosophy. Mm -hmm. And as someone who values philosophy and humanity, are there any philosophical ideas or, let's say, thinkers that have influenced your perspective? Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, Marcus Aurelius, his meditations, obviously, is still thought. I fell in love with Shakespeare at a really uh, early age, right? But... Uh, as I've gone through life now, and it's philosophy is it's not one of those things that you're like, oh, I, I'll just pick up this philosophy. I'm a stoke. Now it's a process, right? It's like I was born a Catholic, but I was like, no, was like you can be born into that, but it takes time to get into philosophy. And uh, as I was going through writing my book and dealing with the things that came with it, like I really got into two really great uh, Zen Buddhists, uh, Alan Watts and uh, Ram Das, also known as Dr. Richard Albert. And uh, those guys. If you ever want to feel like uh, you're not the smartest person, not only in the room, but in any room ever, listen to those two guys go on about Zen Buddhism and what is a room? Why are we here? Yes. It definitely puts you, uh, puts you on your head. Yeah, I know Alan Watts. I mm -hmm. see his videos on YouTube and mm -hmm. he is fabulous. He is. And you were telling us that you come from a small town in Florida mm -hmm. and I know that you always had a deep desire for adventure and mm. living. So Absolutely. could you share with us a glimpse into your journey or your background? Sure. Like I said, I was born in that very small. So I was born in a town. I was born in the only hospital in town, <laughs> close hospital for like 50 miles. I moved to the next town over, which is like 10 minutes away, and that's where I got my education. And I was this kid that uh, just didn't fit in. I was I was a nerd by all all variations and definitions. And my family had no idea what to do with me. They had my father was a cowboy, my mother was a banker. They had no idea what I was going to turn out to be. And as I got older, I looked to the army as a way to get out of home, which a lot of us do. So I went through college and I joined the army. And it took a little longer than I thought to get away from home with all the training and stuff, but I eventually did. And uh, it wasn't the adventure that was promised. Uh, they kept sending me to small towns or desolate places all over America. So I had to keep dreaming and thinking about, you know, shaping the world that I wanted to be in my mind of the adventures I want to have. And the majority of my time, I was in this little small cubicle. And government buildings are the most depressing buildings that have ever been envisioned. So they're gray. The lighting isn't great. You know, the people there aren't very happy to be there. So I would uh, have a little green book and I would just 
doodle little ideas and I'd write a poem and we'd have to go to meetings and they expect you to take notes. And I wasn't taking notes on anything that was being said. I was writing down whatever came into my mind, the crazy, wacky ideas. And sooner or later, I really started to develop some stuff. I'd show it to some friends. And uh, in college and university, I was accidentally put into an advanced uh, creative writing course. And uh, I was the only boy in the class. I had no idea how I got there. It was some type of uh, typo on some college form. So I went to the professor and said, hey, I think there's been a mistake. Uh, I'm not an advanced English major. I have a hard enough time spelling my name. He's like, listen, just give it a try. You might like it, you know. And that's where the seeds were planted. And I took them with me when I left into the Army. And then uh, here I am now. Wonderful. And when did you publish your first book, The Home I Left? So that was published in October of last year. Oh, okay. It's recent. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about this book? Is there anything in particular you'd like to know about the book? I know that... <laughs> It delves into themes like love, loss, mm-hmm. and the journey back home. So yes. feel free to tell us whatever you want. Sure. I mean, it, the best way I could describe it is that it's a story about finding yourself through the choices that we make and having to deal with the losses that we suffer throughout life, all while we cling to this idea of hope that helps get us through it, Right. It's, uh, it's really a journey that I think everyone can relate to. Life is filled with all these moments of turmoil, of heartache, of death, of disappointment. But it isn't meant to be this dreary, nihilistic thing. There are things we hold on to and believe in that can get us through it. And I think that's really what I was getting at or trying to get at. I hope other people believe that too when they read it. As I wrote it, uh, it was just one of those Uh, sentences that turned into a paragraph that turned into a page that blossomed into this uh, story that I'm really proud of. And uh, this story is inspired by your own story because you left home. I did. I did. It's uh, in some ways, yes. I mean, every author starts off somewhere, right? Like people have asked me that before, like, oh, this is a true story. I was like, this is not a true story. I'm nowhere near as brave as the main character is. I haven't had to deal with such terrible turmoil that he has. But it, it is really, and, and there were obviously passages in there when you're you know, you're a young man and you're at home and you haven't left and you feel like you have failed in some way, shape, or form that we always deal with, right? Or uh, the craziest thing, when you go back home for the first time, when you've been gone for a long time, you can't really ever go home again. It never looks the same. The people are never really the same. The things you really enjoy don't make sense anymore. Uh, and Florida, you know, it's everyone's moving there now. So there's so much construction and so much things going on. Like I can't recognize most of it anymore. Currently, the financial situation is making it more and more difficult to leave it's the much so. parents' yeah. house and be, su- yeah, be successful. How do you perceive this trend, Seth? You know, this question comes up a lot, especially nowadays where, you know, uh, it's harder now for me to buy a home than it ever was for my parents, right? And uh, this is many conversations we have, but I, I'm not a nihilist. I always believe in hope. I always believe there's opportunity. I mean, there is always great opportunity in the worst case scenario. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at it, right? Like, I will never have to worry about where my food comes from. I will have far better help than my parents ever would. I have access to more information, more knowledge. I have more possibilities of things that I can engage in, right? 
So what is it? Uh, I forget the statistic, but something like 70 to 90% of all people never move more than 50 miles from where they live. Yeah. Right? Something like that. And that's the whole human population, not America. So with that in mind, it's easy to get caught in our own uh, bubbles. Of, oh, it's so terrible here. You know, I can't do anything. I can't do nothing. Uh, there are no opportunities for me. There's no access for that. But I don't think that's the case always. Like, is it harder in some senses? Sure, it is. I mean, every generation has its own struggles. But I, as I'm alive here today, I believe that the amount of possibilities for us and the world are far greater than they've ever been in human history. I think that so many amazing and wonderful things are going to happen. We just have to be careful to not let ourselves get drawn into the negativity. I love it. <laughs> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And also, I see that in your book, you portray drug addiction. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So can you share more about your research regarding the portrayal of drug addiction among mm -hmm. youth in the book? Sure. Yeah. So that there really wasn't as much research needed. So the small town I come from, again, there's, there aren't a lot of opportunities there. So... Uh, it's something I grew up with, something that I saw a lot. Uh, I mean, there's many people that I went to school with or I grew up with that aren't here today because of it. You know, it's it's a real thing, uh, especially in America. I can only speak for America is where I'm from. But in the major cities and the rural areas, uh, it was what is Alan Watts, as a matter of fact. He was telling a joke or a story about why uh, government people, why cops, why, why law enforcement thinks it's crazy for people to take drugs. He says, Hey man, you're in a lot of pain. Some guy comes along and says, for 10 bucks, I can make a gall go away. Right. And it's just, uh, and one thing I really wanted to highlight in there is the drug use is because of loss of community. And it's like, if people don't have as much a sense of community as they used to. So we are naturally communal beings as human beings. We want interactions with each other. We need to feel valued. We need to feel heard. And when you see the drug use that happens, Usually it's something like that, right? Like it's not, not a catch-all. I obviously can't tell you why everyone does drugs and that's their business. But when I see the pain, like the one I wrote about in the book from scenarios I've seen from friends and family over the years, uh, that's just how it goes. Yeah, so unfortunately, drug addiction is a sad reality. And, mm -hmm. and what I see is that more and more lives have been destroyed because of it. I, I don't know. I hope mm. we can find a solution. And more and more different drugs are also being introduced. Yeah. So, Seth, what do you 
hope this book, what do you hope your readers take away from this book? I really hope that they take away that it's not a story about sadness in the sense that like everything's hopeless. It's a story about the importance of sadness. It's a story about the importance of feeling lost and grieving, right? It's only going through those things that we can see the value in life. There's a crazy movement right now of people who want to find a way to make human beings live forever, have you know, immortality. And the more I think about it, the more I ask my question, what's the point? We, we want good things to happen in life, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I would never know it's a good thing if I didn't have bad things happen. And I'm not uh, a sadist. I don't, I don't want bad things to happen to me and my family. I don't. And I don't want it to happen to other people, but I know it's an inevitability of life. And it's there to remind me that the beautiful things are so much more beautiful. Going back to, since you've gotten an animal once, he tells this crazy story about a woman who had fallen down an elevator shaft and broken her leg. And she was trapped down there for like an hour before anybody could get to her. And when they finally got to her, he was talking to her about, uh, were you scared? Were you worried? No, I wasn't scared. It suddenly came to me that there's not a single grain of sand in the universe that's out of place. Mm. everything has everything is where it's supposed to be and everything happens because it's supposed to happen Ram Dass had a stroke near the end of his life and got partially paralyzed and he thought it was a gift from God so that he could better understand love and the gift of his health and the gift of those around him I mean that's that's beautiful that's absolutely beautiful I don't know if I could sit here and tell you if I had a stroke tomorrow and became partially I could feel the same way but having listened to those two guys and, and their teachings as I was writing this book it really spoke to me that's a beautiful way to look at it. And that's how I was trying to end the story, especially was it wasn't, uh, you know, it was one final heartbreak at the end where he finds out that his brother actually wasn't clean and sober. He died of drugs, right? And it utterly crushed him. It destroyed him because he had hoped against everything that maybe it was just bad health. It was a fluke. But the hero doesn't, like the hero, the main character doesn't say, to hell with the world, burn it all down. There's no point in anything. I'm going to go get drunk today. He says, you know what? To hell with... Uh, making those decisions. I'm going to start making decisions that I want to make about my life and I'm going to live for me because I'm meant to live a good life of my own choosing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of Jung, Carl Jung. Yeah, for sure. It's, I have his red book. I haven't been brave enough to open it up yet. I know you are writing a new book, mm -hmm. The Unconventionals. I am. And what sparked your interest in exploring the lives of these unconventional military leaders? Because I'd spent so much time in the military and the government, it really makes you question, like, you know, who's in charge and why are they in charge? And uh, there's a, a quote I put in my book. It's from oh, the second to last king of Italy. I can't remember his name to save my life. Uh, it was basically the, the king before Mussolini. Anyways, he tells his son what's important is, is the only thing you need to know about being a king, how to ride a horse, how to read a newspaper, and how to sign your name, okay. right? And that's, it's like, why, why? that sounds ridiculous. I think if you're going to be the king of a country and lead your country, you should know a lot more about that. And it really made me think, what is it that makes a good leader, really, right? Like, uh, why do we pick the people in charge? And is it perception or is it reality? And the four, uh, I go from uh, revolutionary France all the way to uh, Vietnam, and I talk about four distinct uh, individuals, one British, one American, one Australian, and one French, 
who don't fit the societal norms of their time, the class structure of their time, the intellectual capabilities of their time, but still achieve these high watermarks and positions of authority and rank. So, so it's, it's my way of saying uh, it might ruffle some feathers, but maybe the people in charge are not as good as they think they are. And maybe we should look at others who don't meet their criteria. Right. Thank you. Being a leader is difficult, but I think, I don't know, nowadays it's so complicated. It is. <laughs> Talk about Technology has made it very complicated. It's true. It's very complicated. And uh, with the elections now, it's even... Oh, very oh. much so. Seth, where can our listeners find you and, of course, your books online? For sure. My books, you can find it's uh, Amazon, Goodreads, any Google search away. You can find my books. I am on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me both there at Seth Bush, one and two, I believe. Uh, I'd be glad to talk to anybody who'd like to talk about my book or any other possibilities. Mm -hmm. And uh, would you like to leave a message for our listeners today? Oh, what kind of message do you think I should leave? Uh, let's say... About the world. What About can... the world. Yes. Well, I will tell your listeners that for the first time in human history, more people are obese than are starving. More people have access to electricity and warning water than before in human history. That uh, we've had an unprecedented amount of time of peace as far as large global conflicts, right? The night is darkest just before the day, but that doesn't mean the night doesn't get dark or the end of the day doesn't shine that much better, right? So I would say it's going to be all right. It's the, There are going to be scary moments and, you know, things are going to happen. They're really going to be frightening to us. But at the end of the day, don't give up hope and don't let anybody tell you how to live your life. Find out what brings you joy, what brings you fulfillment and go for it like there's no tomorrow. Thank you so, so much, I can wait to... Check your book online. Do you have it on Kindle as well? It is. It is available on Kindle as well. If wow. you have uh, Amazon Prime Kindle Select, you can download it for free. I would do it after our interview. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you that you are always welcome to the RV. And please keep spreading good vibes and <laughs> being a dreamer. Of course. You too, Lucia. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.